This podcast is a proud member of the FanHub 100. Football without fans is nothing, so we've partnered with FanHub to put fans first. Search FanHub app to play your part in the journey. Welcome back to another Speak Sunderland podcast and another miserable one at that. So Sunderland were back at home yesterday afternoon facing Gillingham in the league in a game that did finish 2-2. John Jack are with me to discuss the game, the club and no doubt some other things as we always do. Yesterday's game aside, how are you both doing? You both well? Yeah, I'm OK, thanks. Yeah, good, thanks, Matt. Very good. And John, we said... After the last game about Sunderland, about winning three in a row and winning at home, etc. Um, and I know you put a tweet out and I looked briefly at it before. And I think someone said it was just under a year ago since we last won three in a row. And I think he pointed out that we actually won four in a row when we did. Um, why do you think we seem just so incapable of going on a run in this league? Um, I just I just don't think as a as a squad we've got the consistency there. Um, I don't think we've got enough players who can just turn it on, you know, for that amount of time. And that's quite, a, you know, that's quite a criticism on the recruitment, um, on the probably as, as the club as a whole. We're not very, you know, we're sort of consistently inconsistent. Um, and yeah, the, I don't see these players, are, you know, we like you said, we just cannot, you know, we cannot just string it together. I don't, it's a strange one. Um, I, I genuinely don't, don't have the answer. Um, we will get straight into the teams, as there is quite a bit to cover, so we will get through quickly. Lee Burge starting in goal, Max Power, Tom Flanagan came back into the team, Jordan Willis, Callum McFadzine, Josh Gowen, Grant Ledbetter, Jack Diamond, Aidan McGeady, Charlie White and Aidan O'Brien. Um, there was two changes again, Jack. It was back to the 4-2-2-2 two, two, two as well. Um, obviously, White was injured with concussion, so Tom Flanagan came in. Diamond also came in replacing Winchester, I believe it was. What did you make of the changes to the players and to the formation once again? Looking at it, I think I didn't at the time. I didn't look at the team and when it came out, and I didn't. I didn't see anything really, really so painstakingly obvious as an error in it as such. But I think obviously hindsight, you look back. And I, you know, it, it would have maybe have been nice to see Borkins, who we just signed the previous yeah. day, the previous day, play at left, left back instead of McFadden. I think looking back on it, maybe that would have had a bit of an impact on squad morale. You know, if someone signed the day before and he walked straight in the starting eleven, you know, it's not, it's not maybe the sort of standard that he wants to set as a team that someone can just walk straight in there when the rest of the lads maybe have to work hard, earn their position and work hard to keep it as well. Yeah. Apart, but apart from that, it was really what I was expecting to see. I was expecting to see a bit of rotation because we've had quite a lot of uh, games in quick succession, quite a lot of tough games as well. Um, yeah, obviously Fl- Flanagan came back in after a few games out. I mean, I know we'll get on to player ratings, uh, obviously, uh, um, to, further towards the uh, end of the episode. But, yeah, you could you could definitely tell. Uh, I, I feel like he 
you could tell he'd missed a few games, put it that way. Yeah, I think that was an interesting one. I know you had your opinion on that one as well, didn't you, John? Yeah, I get, I, I sort of get, you know, the, because it was going to be like an aerial, an aerial John Flanagan, maybe is, you know, supposed to be better in the air. Uh, and obviously Johnson said after um, that Sanderson was car- carrying a little niggle, but I don't think it was a game where we were getting stretched. It was more a physical game than in the end. I think Sanderson is is good in the air, so it was it was still a strange one for me. Yeah. Um, the one notable omission from the squad, John, was obviously Chris Maguire and myself included. I think a lot of people think, you know, he's probably played his last game as a Sunderland player. Whether he plays on Tuesday in the Cup, I don't know, but, you know, I don't think he started a game under Lee Johnson, possibly the Wigan game, um, which was obviously his first game, but, you know, other than that, I don't think he's even really made a substitute appearance. But, you know, is it a good time to let him go? Or do you still think he has something to offer? You know, how much do you think How much do you think he could bring to the team that we have now? Uh, again, it's uh, it's another one. Obviously, Johnson sees him in training, um, you know, every every day. And it's he, he hasn't fancied him one little bit. Like you said, he hasn't hasn't started at all. Um, I think he's he's definitely a player who who will thrive off an atmosphere. Uh, a few people have said that, which I agree with. So that's probably uh, maybe hindered him a little bit, but he's, let's be honest, he's on, he's on very, very good money uh, for our club and for very, you know, for very little return. Um, yeah. You imagine the, the players that we could get in if, if he wasn't here and we're not, maybe it's a little tactic of, of Johnson to say, oh, if I drop you out now, you know, you can, you can find yourself a club for six months. Um, maybe it's maybe that's a tactic, or like we've seen before, if you do actually drop him, you know, can we see a reaction? And we do need a reaction, you know, if he's going to come back into the fold. But he hasn't been anywhere near the team, so it's he's one of those players. I'm not I'm not fussed, obviously, either way. Um, to be yeah. honest, obviously, this like when he has played this season, obviously it was mainly under Parkinson. He, he wasn't great. He didn't really offer much. John, how much do you think of that? Is down to the fact there's no crowd around him because you know he is. You know, he is one of the players that does thrive off an atmosphere. He does like to wind the opposition up and stuff like that. How much do you think having no crowd actually affects his game? Um, I, I definitely think there's aspects to it. But I've, I think since since he first came in, obviously the first season, he, like we say, he was you know, a wind-up merchant and there was the, the Pompey game um, at their place. He was really good, you know, getting the ball thrown at him. And, you know, he, he did actually really wind him up. But this season, haven't seen that. haven't seen that at all. Um, I don't know if it's... Um, you know, someone's had a word in his ear and he needs to calm it down or whatever. But it's he's a strange one because we, we would expect at least one, you know, one or two good performances out of him. And I think in fairness, this season, he is actually, I think he's second uh, most player involved in goals that we've scored. So that, you know, even though that's probably still quite poor, it says a lot about the rest of them as well. Because obviously they're not, they're not up to scratch and they're obviously playing week in, week out and he's not. And he still has those fairly decent stats. So he's a bit of an enigma. Um, but like I say, he's, he's another one of those players who I'm just, I'm not too fussed, you know, either way, he go if he goes or stays. Yeah. Obviously, in terms of the squad yesterday, you know, Vaughan's was on the bench. Obviously, the left-back was signed from Southampton. And Jordan Jones joined from Rangers on loan. And I don't think he was registered in time. I don't think it was too much to do with his fitness. Although I do think it'll take a while for him to get up to fitness. But... Ross Stewart, I believe, is happening. Obviously, the striker from from Ross County. Um, 
I think that's probably going to get confirmed tomorrow or Monday when you listen to this. But Jack, do you think there's three improvements to the team that we have right now? Do you think they are the players that we've needed to sign to push us up the table into the playoffs, into the top two? Yeah, um, I do definitely think they're an improvement to the squad and our financial situation at the club as a whole anyway, because you look at the first two names, I think Vorkins and Jones add a lot to the squad ability-wise, and I think the last one of those, Ross Stewart, obviously you've got to give him a chance. His goals record maybe doesn't suggest that he's going to come in and have a huge impact and be an absolute game-changer, but I think yeah. you've got to look at the bigger picture on that one. Is It probably frees up the space and gives us the depth to let Will Grigg go, which obviously could free up some space in the salary cap. Um, I mean, I think he's just, he's one of them players, he's not in the squad. He is a bit of a big name, you know, you can imagine he's, he's probably, in terms of League One, obviously, he's probably sort of, at the moment, it seems like he's sort of lingering around like a bit of a bad smell, really. You know, it's not really worked out for him. You know, I can't imagine he's someone who has a massively positive impact you know, on the squad. I'm not saying that he has a bad impact necessarily either, but he's maybe someone who just needs to move on, probably for the good of his own career and, you know, the good of the club as well, I feel like. Yeah. Um, the game got underway and obviously Sunderland, as they have in the last couple of games, has started well and got another goal to show for it. McGeady's got the ball on the left. He's cut in on his right. He's had a deflected effort flying in. But John, unlike most clubs, unlike any other club I could name in the world right now, we seem to score a goal and then lose confidence and it seems to go downhill. You've already had one tough question. You've got another one. Do you think that's just like a weak mentality, the players becoming overconfident because we're 1-0 up? You know, why do we seem to go downhill when we score a goal? Um, yeah, like you said, it's, it's all about mentality um, and a bit of naivety as well. Because um, when, we're, when we're sort of neck and neck in games and, you know, it's 0-0 or one all. Like, we are actually good at controlling the games whilst not threatening them. Um, but what we what we seem to do yesterday, obviously, we need to push for a second, but Gillingham were absolutely hammered us, obviously, for the next, you know, whatever it was till just before we got the penalty. Um, but we didn't... I can't see why we can't control the game and just slow it down. Like, we, we know that they're good at throw-ins. We know they're good at free kicks. Um, we know they're good at corners. So, what do we do? We, get, we gave them corners. We gave them throw-ins. It, again, it's just naivety and, and just poor game management. Like, how many fouls did Diamond give away? Wyke, O'Brien, they, they only need a free kick, you know, just, in, just inside their half. And it's going in our box. A throw-in in our half is going in our box. And we can't, we can't deal with it. And... You know, like, like I said, it's, it's naivety and they shouldn't need to be told, right, stop giving away those those types of things because it is putting us in trouble. We can't deal with it. We haven't got, you know, we, we're obviously missing Bailey right in the air uh, for those types of things. But once we scored, let's, and when obviously Gillian were on top, we, we, we couldn't even just take the sting out of the tail, just pass the ball around, you know, tire him out. We couldn't do any of that. And it's, it's really, really naive. And I'm hoping that, you know, these, these signings aren't obviously, you know, going to change us a lot. But the players who are starting at the moment are not, it's not absolutely happening. So, it's you know, you would hope that the players coming in with maybe a little bit more of a, you know, Vokings from, from Southampton, obviously they're, they're doing well and they're winning. Uh, Jones, who's been at Rangers, obviously they're flying at the moment. Um, so you'd expect a little bit more of a, a positive mentality because, um, like, like I say, us we're 
we're so naive and we don't even seem to learn by our naivety. Yeah. And just on the fouls, not I think there was something like 20 fouls would give away across the game. I don't think Gillingham were too far behind, but, you know, as a home team, ex- dominating, well, expected to dominate possession. And as I say, you at home, expectations on you to get the win. To give away that many fouls, cheap fouls. And I think Charlie White probably contributed to at least 25% of them fouls. But again, we will get on to that later on. But it wasn't long after we scored until Gillingham equalised. Um, I think it came from a long throw, which, you know, was the theme, theme of Gillingham's play. It's not the prettiest style of play, but, you know, as I said on Twitter, different teams have different styles of play. Some work, some don't. If it gets you a result, then so be it. You know, we're in League One. Football's not going to be pretty if you get a result from it. You know, fair play. But long throw went in the box. We didn't deal with it. Shelton McDonald's on the edge of the box, who, you know, he had so much time, so much space. He hit it on the half volley. Lee Burge could have done better with it. I'm not sure. Obviously, you only see it from one angle, so you don't know if there's anyone actually blocking his, you know, his vision of the ball. But, you know, with that goal, with the second goal, which obviously we will get onto, Jack, how much do you think the defensive issues we have fall primarily on the fullbacks that we have? Yeah, um, I'd, yeah, I think that was really key yesterday. Um, you know, I'd, as much as I'd, as much as I'd love to, you know, be really positive about the situation, just after yesterday's performance, you just you just can't be. You know, yeah. McFadzine was was having a battle with Jordan Graham down the left that entire time. It was, to be honest, it was a complete mismatch at times. Like Graham, on numerous occasions, you know, pretty much had his pants down. Like it was just. It was yeah, absolute mismatch for me and and power. Although obviously, you know, I, I feel like people have generally, and this is the gist I've got, been a bit more happier with him at right back. Yeah. You know, I, I feel like when O nine's obviously back to full fitness, which you know you can tell obviously at the, at the moment, he's obviously not anywhere probably near that. But I feel like when he's back to full fitness, I feel like you know we will be stronger down that uh, down that right side. So obviously that's more of a a bit of bad luck, a bit of injuries, but um, yeah, I think I, th- I think definitely the the left back position is something that obviously with our new signing in Vulcans, hopefully for the rest of the season, you know that that won't be as much of an issue when we can get him introduced to the squad and he's had a you know trained a bit and uh, yeah got used to the players around him a bit more. Yeah, um, well, from the equaliser, Gillingham dominated the game and. You know, I think it was up until the 43rd minute or so. We didn't really get the ball forward, but this time we did. McGeady got the ball. He's cut inside. The defenders missed the ball, went into him and brought him down. Gillingham said it wasn't. Steve Evans says it wasn't. We say it was. Ray Johnson says it was. It's one of them ones where, you know, if you support Gillingham, you're always going to say it isn't. If you support Sunderland, you are going to say it is. The way I saw it was anywhere else on the pitch, it's a foul. You don't complain about it. None of the Gillingham players really seem to complain, but it was it was soft. But John, what, what did you make of that at the time? Um, like you say, with, with the one stream, it is quite hard um, to see it. It's a fair play to the referee, but if you you can see it on the, um, I think someone showed you from a camera from a different angle, and he does yeah, actually yeah. like treading his foot. So it's it's a stonewall penalty. It's a fair play to referee uh, for keeping up and spotting it. And like you say, if you get it you're happy with it if, you know, if it goes against you, you're probably a little bit disappointed, but that's, you know, that's the way it goes, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, Ledbetter stepped up to take it, um, and I believe 
it was the first penalty he's actually missed since he re-signed. Um, but we did score on the rebound. He did hit it into the empty net, which was an interesting way to score a penalty, but made it 2-1. We went into half-time. Um, you know, we didn't make any changes at half-time. We came out a bit better, a bit sharper. Diamond was replaced by Gooch early in the second half, but once again, the second half just kind of fizzled out. Very little happened. The only side that ever looked like Scorman was Gillingham. And in the 90th minute, as Danny Collins predicted on the stream, they did. You know, Jordan Graham, he's, you know, he dominated the game, as Jack said before. He was against McFadzine. You know, I think he probably beat him every occasion that he could have. Um, he's in the box. He's got so much space. He's hammered in the roof of the net to make it 2-2. The goal all started from a free kick that was awarded to Gillingham, which at the time when the referee blew the whistle, I actually thought it had went our way and that their defender may have been in serious trouble because obviously Gooch was behind them. The defenders cut across them. They both went down. It did go Gillingham's way, John. What did you make of that? Uh, yeah, the free kick with uh, with Gooch was is dodgy. I was absolutely fuming at the telly, but then again, we've still, we've still got to deal with it, where a long ball comes over. It's very yeah. straight. You'd expect, you know, any any player who's back there because they're all back there, weren't they? We had eleven men behind the ball constantly when they're there, set pieces. You'd expect one of them to go and head it. Obviously, they don't deal with it, and I, I have still to this day have no idea what Lee Burge is doing. Um, no. And then, yeah, easy enough, rounds the keeper and standard equaliser against Gillingham, and you know, but it's it's no more than they deserved, really. Yeah, definitely. And that Lee Burge thing, it reminds me a bit of the. I think it was the opening game of the season, wasn't it, where he kind of did the same thing, got lost, gave away a penalty. Obviously, this time they've scored from it. But I know some Gillingham fans said with the free kick, you know, if they give the penalty, if the referee gives the penalty, he has to give that foul. But for me, and I tried to put this point across on Twitter, some people didn't agree with it, but, you know, I think they're com- two completely different incidents. You know, you look at the McGeady one, he's cut back inside, the defenders missed the ball and went into McGeady. When you look at the Gooch one, Gooch is, you know, he's running behind the defender. It appears to me the defender's put his arm out in the face of Gooch. Gooch has went down and then their defenders went down and they got the free kick from it. But, you know, to me, I don't think they were very similar incidents at all, Jack. But what did you think of it? Completely agree, mate. I mean, you look at you look at the foul for the penalty. McGeady's completely, you know, deceived his man. It's a clever bit of play from McGeady. It really is, you know, a bit of brilliance from him, really, to uh, draw the foul, win the penalty. Um, which, as a decision in itself, I thought was a penalty at the time. And even looking back at it, I know we've only really got the one angle. But I think it was a penalty. I think if it was given against us, maybe I'd feel it was a bit soft. But I, I can yeah. definitely see why he's given a penalty. And, you know, the, the Gooch foul, like you say, it just it was a different it was a different foul altogether. I get, I get people wanting officials to have consistency throughout the game. But when it's two completely different incidents like that, you know, there was... There was no cutting back in, like you say. There was no, you know, deceiving his man, really. It was just a bit of a soft, sort of like careless challenge from Gooch, really. It was still soft, but, you know, it's one of them where it's probably similar to the pen in the way where you feel harsh if it's given against you, but you sort of see why the ref can give it if it is given for you. Personally, I was annoyed at the time. I still am pretty annoyed looking back at it, but. It's just one of them, isn't it? It still wasn't good enough to give away a goal from that sort of position. Yeah. Um, John, we will move into play ratings in a minute, but 
obviously one of the things that a lot of Sunderland fans were talking about on Twitter, and I know Lee Johnson mentioned it in his um, interview after the game, was you know the way Gillingham turned up and the way they started to play. Everyone was, um, I don't know what the word is, but kind of focusing on the fact that they were looking at the long balls, just, you know, chucking everything in the box, hoping to get a lucky bounce, the long throws. You know, as I said earlier, you know, from the first minute, you could see that was their game plan. Up until the last minute, did it work? It got them a point away from home. At one of the teams that should be up there towards the end of the table. So in terms of a result, it's worked. Um, but... You look, like I say, you look at Gillingham, you see how they play. Was there anything yesterday based off Sunderland's performance that you could see, you could look at and be like, you know, I know exactly how we set out. I know exactly what our, ga- our game plan was. You know, was there any of that from Sunderland yesterday? No, I, d- I don't think so. I still don't know what sort of, you know, what the idea is at the moment. Um, we haven't really seen, you know, we've seen a few counter-attacks um, we've got a few players to do that, but apart from apart from those, I don't I don't really know what the plan was. We we chose to go with Diamond, which was sort of a waste of fifty five minutes of him because um, yeah. he, he literally didn't do anything. So what's you know what was the point in having him when we had uh, when Gooch come on? It was it was uh, totally different, and I wouldn't have said you know they're too dissimilar in in players really. Um, so it's, I I don't know what I don't know what the plan is. We've got two strikers who. Is, is the plan just to hold the ball up and bring others into play? Because obviously they're not very good at that. I assume that the reason we've brought um, Jordan Jones in um, is to try and mirror, you know, what McGeady obviously did for the penalty, um, that type of thing, to get us obviously up the pitch and carry the ball. So that could be a positive with, you know, maybe a front three of uh, McGeady, um, Jones and Gooch sort of in a front three and maybe drop o, uh, O'Brien out. With White. But yeah, I'm not, I'm not quite sure sure what the plan is. Obviously, we brought in Winchester and, you know, we, we don't play him. Um, so, yes, yeah, it's, it's, again, it's all up in the air. It's a lot of stuff to be on on the training pitch and, yeah, sort of, you know, watch this space almost. Yeah. And Jack, obviously, like I say, Gillingham looked to focus on the long balls. At least that's what, you know, we all saw. That's what we all thought. Yeah. But I know, obviously, I think some of us might follow you, might follow them, like uh, Gills in the Blood. Obviously, a Gillingham podcast, they posted it on Twitter as well. And in comparison, you know, I don't think there was much of a difference between the stats of the two teams in terms of long balls actually attempted. I think the Sunderland might have actually attempted more than Gillingham did. But, you know, when you're not necessarily losing the game or when you're drawing a game in a frustration, frustrated performance, you do kind of focus on the negatives. But, you know, can you really have any complaints about the way Gillingham turn up and play if it's got them a result? Or do you think it's just a case of Sunderland need to do more to defend against them? And didn't want to go forward as well. They didn't really offer anything going forward throughout. Yeah, um, I, I can't really have any complaints about the way they played. As you know, as unappealing as it is to watch, you know, it's not, it's not something that anyone's really going to enjoy, like paying money to see, unless it's your club and it's it's effective. You know what I mean? It's not ideally what you want to be turned up to see as a supporter. But you know, they're away from home. They're against you know a solid side, which we didn't really show maybe necessarily that we were yesterday but you know on paper we're a solid side if it's effective and it works it works you know it's you can't try and play like Brazil if you don't have the team or the players available to play you know wonderful possession-based Guardiola-esque football like if it's if it's effective it's effective you know you've got to just it's results that matter if if you get 50 to 60 percent of your wins 
playing scruffy football and not looking great, you know, you're still not going to complain, really. You know, yeah. you, you're getting the results and it's effective. So, you know, if that's what works for them, then that's fair enough. You know, turn up and play that way. I, I can't really complain, to be honest. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll move into the player ratings, as always, Lee Burge. Being quite generous with him over the last few weeks because he has looked shaky at times, but, you know, he didn't really do anything wrong. But yesterday, he certainly did. You know, I think the first goal, as I say, you see it from one angle. How much of the ball did he say? I don't know. But it looks like he should be doing a bit better with it. Again, as John said, second goal, I'm not sure where he's going. You know, he's just kind of running around chasing the ball like a school kid. And his kicking throughout the game, as has been the theme for quite a few, quite a while now, was quite poor. Four out of ten for me, John. Um, I'm going for five. I thought he... He did make one um, decent stop, but like I say, he was in no man's land for the goal. Um, and we, obviously with the stream and the no fans there, um, I can't remember once ever hearing him coming out and claiming yeah. the ball. You know, if he if he comes out yesterday like he did and screams, their striker probably doesn't go for it. Do you know what I mean? Even even though Burge doesn't know, he doesn't think he's going to get there because he's in no man's land. I'd, I'd expect a, a shout because a lot of players would think, "Well, I'm not. I don't fancy that." So he needs to he needs to adapt to his game. But um, for the for the first goal, I've actually watched it back a few times, and I think it does actually take a deflection, which would probably mm. give him it gives it another yard, doesn't it? So it's right in the corner. But then again, we have a shot the other end, and the keeper manages to turn it around the post. You know that that's that's the difference we're dealing with. But yeah, I've gone for a five. Not impressed. Yeah, Jack for you. Yeah, I went with a five. Um, made a very good save in the first half. Obviously, that, you know, pretty much, you know, some saves you can say they saved a definite goal. Uh, absolutely for that one. Um, they probably will have thought they should have done better with it, though. Uh, I felt he was at fault for both goals. And that may seem harsh, but I felt the first one, and it's an interesting point that John brings up, because I didn't, um, didn't realise it took a deflection. I've not quite seen that. So if it did, then, you know, fair enough, that's probably made it obviously a bit more difficult. He's probably wrong-footed him a bit. Um, but yeah, I, I thought he let in a P-roller for the first goal, that's how I've described it. And it was in no man's land for the second. He was very hesitant. It's one of them where you've, the second one, where you've either got to come out and claim it or you've got to stay back. You know, you can't be caught in the middle. And I feel like, you know, he was for that one. Um yeah, like I said, it, it was it was definitely at an important point in the first half where we did make that save. So that's probably bumped him up to a five from what, what probably would have been a pretty low four, bordering on a three, to be fair, because his distribution was very poor as well. Yeah. Um, Max Power was at right back again, and originally I had him down as a six. It was an average game, didn't do much wrong. But then I remembered the position at times, obviously where they've hit the bar and Lee Burch has made a save. You know, he's getting... Kind of like McFadzine did for the second goal. He's getting drawn in to the two centre-halves. And I think it was Willis won the header initially. He's flicked it in the back post and Powell was just nowhere near it. And again, that was quite similar to the second equaliser for Gilliam. But yeah, five out of ten for Power. John? Um, I've gone for six. I thought he was I thought he was steady enough. Um, like you said, the positioning he still needs to work on. You'd expect Jordan Willis to be telling him you know, where he needs to be. Um, he's a good outlet. Um, but he's, we know, obviously, he's, he does look like a midfielder playing at right back. So the sooner we do get, I can't believe I'm saying this, but like, you know, McLaughlin or, you know, maybe 09, 
to play there, then yeah, I think I think the better. But yeah, I've gone for a six. Yeah, Jack for you. I went for a five. Um, I think he he did look fairly comfortable for large parts of the game, but I, I thought it was relatively inconsistent at times as well. Annoyingly, he does give away a lot of needless fouls. I picked up on that. There'll, there'll be times in the game where he has a heavy touch and to try and make up for it, he'll dive in for a, you know, a bit of a, not reckless challenge, but a bit, you know, careless, to be honest. And yeah, I just thought, you know, in a side that aiming for promotion, and I know he's not our first choice fullback, you are going to need a better fullback than that for me. So yeah, I, I give him a five. Yeah. Um, Tom Flanagan, never been his biggest fan, never will be his biggest fan. You know, passing was all over the place again. Defended okay throughout, you know, for someone who's, you know, I think he's six foot two, six foot three. He didn't win much in the air. So, again, five out of ten for me, John. Yeah, I've gone for five. Like you say, I don't, he's not commanding enough um, in the air as Bailey Wright would be. Uh, the amount of times he actually just spent on the floor um, just for going up for a challenge. Um, and you, you know, you've been put in there to win those aerial battles and he didn't. It really seemed to win many. Just spent the whole time moaning. Um, so yeah, he gets a five from me. Yep. And Jack for you? Yeah. I mean, I've I've given him a six, which probably sounds quite um, generous. To be fair, it probably is. You know, I, I felt like there was a lot of the time where he was solid enough. You know, we were sat quite deep, so we were inviting pressure on for a lot of the game. So that probably didn't help. Uh, but yeah, there was a lot of time where you could tell he'd missed a few games and he looked ru- rusty. His distribution at times was was very poor. I felt, you know, defensively he did okay. So I'd probably go, I'd say a six for Flanagan for me. Yeah. Uh, John Willis started alongside him at the back and most of the ground jewels, at least he won. Um, you know, as I say, quite a lot with Willis. You know, he helped us play from the back at times. He didn't win too much in the air again, but, you know, you look at the size of the left front too. He's not the biggest. He did win quite a few. He won more than Flanagan did, certainly, or at least I think he did. Um, but yeah, Jordan Willis got a six for me, John. Yeah, I've gone for six as well. I thought he was he was steady back there. Uh, my only annoyance was I think he did actually have a couple of chances for us and just didn't get the right connection on either t- either side. So that would have been if he'd have put one of those away, would have helped. But yeah, I've gone for a six. Yeah, Jack for you. Yeah, I went with a seven. I thought he was. I thought it was one of our better players in the game to be fair I think he bailed us out with quite a lot of you know really good interceptions and some key duels um so yeah I've given him a seven I thought it was a pretty solid performance even though it maybe wasn't his best day at the office yeah uh, making up the back four was Callum McFadzine I'm hoping that we don't have to mention his name too much in the future <laughs> but you know I think in the match report I literally just put get Hawkins in he was poor. As I say, the second goal, I don't even know where he is. I haven't watched it back, but initially, you know, he just seems to be nowhere. Obviously, as a left-back, you'd expect him to be with their right-winger, who is Jordan Graham, who did score the equaliser, but he just was nowhere to be seen. Um, as we've said before, Jordan Graham just, just rinsed him every time he got the ball, really, and, you know, his lack of pace is certainly an issue. Um, and yeah, he was just very poor, really. So I'll give him a four out of ten, John. Yeah, I've got a four as well. Um, I thought he was. I thought yeah, 
he wasn't actually by his own standards, he wasn't actually too bad. But then, his, like you say, his positioning for their goal is for the second goal. He stood next to our centre back and you know let, lets his man run free. Whereas if he just goes with him, it, it's not it's not an easy round the keeper and tap in. So yeah, it's he's costing us. Um, and like you say, it's, it'd be nice if we don't have to mention him uh, again. Although I think he has to play uh, Tuesday, doesn't he? Because um, the others are cup tied. So yeah, maybe one one last hurrah. Yeah. <laughs> for you. Um, yeah, for same for me. Like we said, you know, we've mentioned the battle between him and Graham. It was it was just a mismatch, really. Um, but yeah, he he just looked out of place for large periods of the game. You know, it, it for someone who, when we signed, we thought, oh, he should be you know comfortable at this level. You know, I think for large parts of the time he's played, not to go too far off subject of this game, but. He just hasn't looked up to the pace. He's looked looked out of place. And yeah, I think it's, it's definitely a position we need strengthening. And I feel like we have got that. But, you know, I hope it actually is the case because, yeah, we, he struggled yesterday. Yep. Uh, moving into midfield, Grant Edmonton once again started. And I think he's I think he's probably started almost every league game this season. I think there's one or two where he hasn't played. And I think the best way of putting him is he is becoming the modern George Honeyman. Because every single week, I think we give him the same rating. And again, I've given him a six. Um, you know, obviously, he scored the rebound from the penalty. You'd expect him to score a penalty. It doesn't really matter. Um, but in terms of what he does outside of that penalty, he did his job. He's still very slow on the ball, which, you know, at home against Gillingham, you need to move the ball quicker. He doesn't. So, yeah, again, six out of ten, John. Yeah, I've gone for six as well. I think... I think his penalty was all right, actually. It was it was going into the far corner and the keeper's pulled off a good save, but fair play to, to following up and making sure it goes in. Um he's, the only thing that annoyed me yesterday is obviously we're not winning a lot of headers and our all of our midfielders, not just Ledbetter. Um if, if you're not gonna win the first ball, which we didn't, you've got to try and win the second and yeah. third. And we just we just could not do that. And that's on Scowan, you know, Ledbetter, maybe O'Brien in there as well. Is that again, that's quite a basic thing. I was I kept saying obviously shouting at the telly, you know, they're winning the first balls, but we, if that's fine, if if they're winning the first ones, we've got to win the second and third. We didn't win any of them, any at all. So that's, that's uh, poor on his part and maybe something that we need to look at if we're going to play teams like that because he's, he is going to struggle in that. Yeah. Jack Field? Yes, six. Uh, followed up his penalty well, like you both said. Uh, apart from that, he had to sit probably deeper than he would have liked for the majority of the game, you know, just for the way the momentum of the game was going with Gillingham being the better side. But, yeah, he looked comfortable as he usually does. You know, at this level, he seems to have the thought process still of a championship player, but obviously his legs aren't what they were a few years ago. So that's, you know, why he's at the level he's at now. You know, comfortable on the ball, calm as usual. Obviously, it wasn't the greatest day for our central midfield, but I thought, and obviously we'll get on to scouting, Soon, but I think it was the more comfortable of the uh, the uh, two in central midfield. Yep. And moving on to a certain Josh Scowen. Scowen. You've said Scowen, so I've got me saying that now. Yep. Um, <laughs> but an interesting one. I'd give him a six, and I know a lot of people would have probably given him a lot lower. But, you know, I thought he was better yesterday. Looked more comfortable on the ball and he kept the ball more than he has in recent weeks. And that is not necessarily a positive because he has given the ball away a lot recently. But it was better yesterday. 
And I think a lot of the criticism with scoring is not so much down to his ability, but more down to the type of midfielder he is. You know, if you think of the job that he's in there to do, I think he does his job quite well. It's whether we actually need that midfielder there, whether the job that he does is something we need in midfield. Do we need it? I don't think we do, but he's there. Yesterday, he was okay. So again, six out of ten for me, John. Yeah, I've, I've gone for six. Um, I've I've actually got on my notes. So on the ball, I thought he was quite poor still. Um, but off the ball, he did a lot of dirty work. Second half was just just winning uh, free kicks and just sort of buying his time, uh, which mainly shows obviously how poor we were. Um, but it's, again, I'm not sure, you know, what he's in there to do, especially if we're being, you know, at, at home. He's it may maybe suited him the second half. Um, but like I say, if we if we need to go in and win games, he's not a sort of player I think we need starting. Um, but the battle yeah. second half, he was all right. So yeah, he gets a six. Jack, uh, I'd give him a five. He's he's a player who is annoyingly inconsistent. There's times where you can tell he's obviously got the ability to be a decent asset at this level. But you know, I f- I feel like I definitely get what you say when you say his passing was a lot better yesterday. It, you know, it it probably was looking back. But I still just feel it should be better for a player who shows the ability at times that he does. But then there's large parts of the other game where, you know, the amount that he does get us dispossessed, it, it just lets it just lets him down. So yeah, I'll give him a five. I thought he was poor. He probably was better than he's shown a few times this season. But I still, you know, I still think it wasn't quite good enough. Yep. Uh, moving on to the wide players, Jack Diamond never really got going yesterday. Crossing was very poor. Um, you know, as I said earlier, he was replaced by Gooch early on in the second half. You know, it's a frustrating thing for me with Diamond is we've seen it with Gooch, we've seen it with McGee, we've seen it with Maguire. He'll beat his man, he'll get down the line and then he'll cut back inside and we'll end up going backwards. Just get the ball at the box. You know, you've got Charlie White there who's, you know, 15 goals this season. You're against League One defenders. If they miss kick it, who knows what can happen. Or go, Charlie White tap him. Just get the ball in the box, give it a go, see what happens. But he didn't do that yesterday. Never really got going, as I say. So, yeah, four out of ten for me, John. Yeah, same. I got four. Did absolutely nothing. Um, and again, gave stupid free kicks away, like he loves to do, which we don't need. Um, and I thought it was, tactically, I thought it was a poor decision from Johnson to start him. Uh, we must know how Gilliam, Gillingham sorry, play. Um, they're very compact. There wasn't really any space uh, to run into. Um, so it's sort of a waste of time. Uh, even having him on there uh, when we brought Gooch on totally different um, aspect uh, he was he was a lot better I'd prefer to have seen Diamond maybe play midweek against Ipswich and you know stretch the play yeah. and then for this game you know it was just it was just weird from Johnson and he hasn't he hasn't got too many selections you know that, that properly stand out but yeah I thought that one yesterday was really poor and obviously it showed when he brought him off after 55 minutes yeah and Jack Peter yeah I've far as well um Lost us possession numerous times. No real end product at all, really. Just just a bad day at the office for him. I've not really got much else to say. I think it was just just a bad day at the office, really. I, I think, like John said, it, it was a weird sort of game to start him in because it, it was always going to be, for the style of player he is and his lack of experience, it was always going to be a tough, you know, tough game for him. But yeah, I felt he struggled far for me. Yeah. Aidan McGeady was on the other side, and he is the only player who I've gave above six, and I've went with a seven in McGeady. Um, 
you know, every time he got the ball, he looked a bit of a threat. You know, you say that quite a lot, but, you know, I think it was against Ipswich, he was quite poor. But he dropped that yesterday, obviously scored the opening goal, um, which will go down as his goal. It did take a huge deflection, but, and he's won the penalty for the second, take him out of the team. You know, we lose that game 2-0, effectively. So, yeah, 7 out of 10 for me, John. Yeah, I've gone for 7 as well. Like you say, he scored. Uh, he was the most creative player um, that we had in the team looking to do uh, positive things. He looks maybe likely getting back to his to his older self. Um, I think he prefers maybe playing at the stadium a lot uh, as opposed to away grounds for some reason because he was he was a uh, poor midweek. So, yeah, seven for me. Yeah. And Jack, for you? Yeah, seven for me as well. Obviously played the key part in both, both goals. You know, and it is moments in games, you know, with big players, you need moments, and it's moments like that which, and it's going to feel weird speaking about this after yesterday's performance. But difference between getting playoffs, not getting playoffs, getting automatic promotion, not getting automatic promotion, is moments in games like he provided yesterday. It's just we didn't quite have the overall team performance to really make it count, which yeah. was obviously more the annoying thing. But yeah, I've given him a seven. Just seen a replay of that John Graham going on Twitter as well. I wish I never saw that. <laughs> but, moving on to the front two, Aidan O'Brien. Um, he's, again, he's a really weird player because he's similar to Scowen or Scowen. I keep getting his name wrong, but he just, I don't know what he does. I don't know what he's meant to do. I don't know where his best position is. I don't even know what foot he is. So, uh, it's a weird one, but I'll give him a five out of ten. I can't really remember him doing anything in the game. But, John, for you? Uh, I've actually gone for four. I, f- I thought he was very poor. He was almost just he just bit in there to be, you know, sort of to be Charlie Work's friend, just so he doesn't get lonely. Um, con- you know, a couple of times first half, control was so poor. Took three touches and still lost it. Um, you know, we were trying to get out of the pitch. Just literally, all you got to do is track the ball, hold it, bring others into play. That's not that's not hard for a, a player, you know, who's played for a few years in the championship. Um, he was. He never seemed to be in the right place. Like it was always a yard behind, and you know, he's if he's a striker, which he is. There was there was no real goal threat, and Mister he missed a sitter just before Gillingham scored. If he scores that, bang, game over. We're we're having a totally different, you know, the place is absolutely rocking. Um, but he doesn't. He's sort of caught a bit, you know. It, it's almost like he doesn't expect the ball to come to him, and I expect you know, killer instinct, bang, goal. But it just doesn't come. But yeah, four for me. I thought he was he was poor. Yeah. And Jack Peel? Yeah, four for me as well. It's just, he didn't, at times he just didn't offer anything. You know, when, when he had the ball, he, he seemed to, no matter how much time he had on the ball, he seemed to want more. He, 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 he just looked weak. He lost a lot of his duels. Yeah, it just, it, it wasn't a good day for him. Four for me. And last in the starting eleven was Charlie Wyke, who, again, he's another weird one. We have a lot of weird players like that, but when he's not scoring goals, he's not doing anything. You know, even when he's, you know, like I said, I think, um, I can't, can't really even remember who it was now, but the hat-trick that he got, was it, was it against Wimbledon? Yeah. Wimbledon, yeah. Um, even the game where he's got a hat-trick, you know, I said, I think it was in the podcast or on Twitter, it was the worst performance I've seen from someone who scored a hat-trick. And like I say, if he's not scoring goals, you know, he doesn't really do much. His movement isn't the best. His hold-up play yesterday was, you know, nothing less than awful. And, you know, as we touched on, probably gave away five, six, seven fouls in the game. And possibly, 
could have had a goal, but yeah, give away a four out of ten as well. John? Yeah, I've got the same, yeah. I thought he was, we, we did speak about it on the midweek podcast about um, if centre-backs are just going to have him on toast from, you know, from very early on. And they and they did, to be fair, he didn't, he didn't do anything. Same as O'Brien, control and, and hold-up play was, was dreadful. And if he doesn't score, then he he's the sort of player who will get a four. Do you know what I mean? If, like I said in the Wimbledon game, it was it was one of the weirdest things because he was poor, but then, you know, three good finishes bumps him up to man the match in a nine. So hopefully with with the uh this new new guy coming in, um it's putting a bit of pressure on him because we know Johnson isn't gonna play uh Greg or Graham. So there's there needs to be some pressure on him to say, look, you better keep scoring, you better keep at the top of your game because otherwise we've got someone waiting in the wings, you know, chomping at the bit. And that's that's what I think he needs. Yeah. And just briefly on that striker that we have signed, I've only just realised we are signing an injured striker. Doesn't sound like that, does it? <laughs> he's injured as we speak, and I believe he is very injury prone as well. So that's a very Sunderland signing. But anyway, off topic, Jack, uh, Charlie Wakefield. Yeah, I mean, I, I give him a five, and the only reason I've, I've given him a five is because I thought he looked better than O'Brien, who I give a four. Like I, I thought he's probably the better of our two strikers, which isn't saying much at all, by the way. But yeah, far from his best we've seen this season. Um, like you say, you know, when he doesn't score, doesn't tend to do a lot, doesn't tend to look great. I think here and there, I think despite the lack of consistency, there was some good link-ups, but yeah, overall, didn't offer enough. Yep. Um, I'm just going to avoid the subs because they just did nothing in the game. Um, so, John, man of the match, if you're going to pick one, I'm assuming you're going to go with your highest rating. So. Yeah, that's been McGeady, yeah. I thought he was he was a cut above the rest. Um, hopefully, we can have Jones um, playing alongside him. You know, someone to maybe what Maguire was a few a few months ago when they, they played together. Hopefully, Jones and uh, McGeady can sort of get our attack spearheaded. And obviously, with Gooch, I thought he looked positive uh, when he came on. Um, so, it's definitely definitely a thing we can have going forward, hopefully. Yeah. And Jack, for you, if you could pick one. Yeah, Aidan McGeady, it's got to be. Um, like you say, you take away his contribution, we lose again 2-0. So, yeah, got to be McGeady for me. Yeah. Well, our next game is on Tuesday night. Um I believe a six o'clock kickoff. Although I may have just made that up in my head, but it is against MK Dons in the Peace Cup. Um, obviously Sanderson is club tied. Vaughan's, I believe, is also club tied from Southampton's under twenty threes. Um, Winchester is club tied from Forest Green, and Jordan Jones could play. Um, like I say, I don't know if he's, you know, if he's match fit yet. It's probably a good chance to get him up to it, and obviously Ross Stewart if he does sign. I'm led to believe he is injured, he might not be, but yeah. So, is there any changes, obviously, other than them four players, John, that you'd make in the cup game? <clears throat> um, it's just correct you the kickoffs half six on uh half Tuesday, six. but yeah, um, I, yeah, I'd, I'd, I wouldn't give Matthews a go, I'd probably, I'd probably give Patterson a go. I think, um, I read something today that Tuesday might come too soon for uh Bailey Wright. Yeah, um, uh, I think Port Vale are actually doing. Uh, I was MK Dons, isn't it? Because we got yeah. them this week. So, back, yep. I ideally we would want to play a fairly strong team. Um, I'd, I'd have Winchester in there, maybe over Ledbetter. Um, and... Oh, okay, fair enough. Well, just just play the same team. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? But yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd like to see us definitely mix up a bit because I think a few of these players have, um, you know, so some of them will need a rest, um, and some of them are sort of, you know, have just been 
been going through the motions maybe. So I'd, l- I'd like to see it fresh. I'm not really too fussed what the score is. You know, it's not like we're going to Wembley, are we? Because, um, you know, we're not allowed and I can't stand the place at the moment. So, yeah, I'm not, I'm not too fussed. Just just use it as use it as a training game, you know, to get your ideas across. Play, play the strongest team if you, if you have to. Um, but, yeah, I'm not, I'm not really too fussed. And then it's we need to really do bounce back on, on Saturday. And obviously, Jack, Dan, Neil, I'd imagine will be involved at some point on Tuesday, whether it's on the bench or from the start. You know, do you think it's a good game to give him a chance? Obviously, there was rumours about him going out on loan. I think yeah. Lee Johnson wants to keep him, but since we heard that, he hasn't even been in the squad. You know, do you think Tuesday is a good time for him to get some game time? Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd start him over Ledbetter. I think Ledbetter's a player who you can't be playing him two time, two games a week, starting him two games a week uh, too frequently. So, yeah, I'd start him over Ledbetter for me. Uh, I'd give Patterson a going goal as well. And apart from that, I don't think there's too many blatantly obvious changes to make. But, yeah, just just a bit of, you know, sort of healthy rotation to keep players sharp, fit, you know, keep other players happy who maybe aren't getting a chance so much. And, uh, yeah, I think for me, maybe maybe give Sanderson a go instead of uh, Flanagan. Sanderson's cup tied as well, isn't he? Because he needed oh, to play. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. Well, I'm more tearful players seem to be cup tied for this game. Both of them there, though. <laughs> I think, yeah. in, in fairness, I think Dan, I think Dan Neil, when he got, did he get kicked in the last last round? I think Johnson said that he's, he's been out injured, so he's he should be back for Tuesday, though. So you would have okay. thought he'd he'd play. Yeah. Yeah. And John, predictions for the game on Tuesday. Um. I'm going to Bear say... Mind, I don't be... think you've got one right yet. No, I never do. So, yeah, whatever I say, <laughs> just take it with a pinch of salt. Um, I think MK Dons might mix up a little bit as well. And I think it might just be a bit too strong for him. So, I'll go a draw and then we win on penalties. There we go. Very nice one. Jack, for you? 2-1 Sunderland. I'm going positive, mate. I've, got no, I've, got, I've not really got anything to back that up. I just want to be positive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I suppose if we win on Tuesday, it means we only have one more game to win before our defeat comes, if we can't win three in a row. So I suppose if we lose on Tuesday, we can win our next three league games. Yeah, hopefully. But we will see. Um, Obviously, on Saturday, um, we also play MK Dons, also away from home. um, And as you know, we haven't lost away from home this season. And I believe it's still only us and United that haven't lost. So hopefully that continues. But... We will be back again at some point next week. John, Jack, appreciate you joining me. Spot on, mate. Cheers for having me. No yeah, thanks so for having me. Hopefully you get a win on Tuesday, but we will be back after that game at some point. But until then, we will see you.